My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show. Hello, friends. David J. Harris, Jr. here, and I have an exciting guest that I cannot wait you to hear from today. She had a, uh, a promotional video for her campaign go absolutely nuts. It went crazy. Over 12 million views just on Twitter alone. Uh, I think it caught the attention of a lot of Americans that say, you know what? I like what she stands for. I like what she has to say. And we are hoping that she wins her congressional seat in Baltimore. My guest today, Kim Klasik. Kim, so nice to have you with me today. How are you doing, sister? Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm doing good. Absolutely. Well, it was a pleasure to get to meet you. I know we just spoke in Lynchburg, Virginia uh, last week at an event for the Falkirk Center. Uh, amazing what you had to share. You you are always knocking it out of the park, though. It seems it really seems like you were built and made for this uh, for this congressional run. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Wh wh where'd you come from? How'd you grow up? Uh, parents? Wh what? Who is Kim Klasik? Well, thank you for that compliment. I appreciate it. So I actually grew up in Accokeek, Maryland. Uh, both my parents were from Connecticut. And, you know, we moved down here when my dad got transferred. Uh, he was an executive at IBM. My mom, she sold health insurance. So, you know, two-parent household, blessed with that. Um, you know, I worked in the hotel industry for a little bit. Uh, and I went to Baltimore when I got engaged. And upon getting there, um, I started my nonprofit, and it's called Potential Me. We do workforce development. Uh, for the past eight years, I've been helping women get uh, employed in Baltimore City. So we've helped over 200 women become gainfully employed, and 30% went on wow. to be financially independent. Yeah. Well, I love that. You're somebody that knows how to get in and get results. You know, I, I don't know what female out there would hear that about you and then not want you representing them in uh, in that district. It definitely seems like uh, you've got what it takes and you've already got a success record, a track record of success to prove that. Uh, let me ask you this. Were you did you grow up in a in a Democrat home or were your, were your parents apolitical? What was that like growing up for you? Yeah, so my mom, very liberal, very, very liberal. My dad was kind of a centrist. He was right in the middle. And, you know, we would talk a lot about conservative viewpoints, you know, personal responsibility, capitalism, you know, basically making sure that you were always in control of your destiny and, and basically less government. And so my dad agreed with a lot of those things. Um, but, you know, like many black children, they get the news filtered by their parents. And a lot of times it comes back to you very liberal. You watch, you know, the Democrat mainstream media channels. Um, but as I moved out of my own house um, and started getting the news not yet filtered, uh, I realized there was a lot of fake news going on as I was doing my own research um, and thought, you know what, maybe I do uh, sit more on the conservative uh, side of things. Uh, a lot of people in the black community grow up in the church. We have very strict parents. I know I did. Um, and so, you know, we were about yeah. personal responsibility. Yeah, that's it seems like that's what's lacking the most right now is uh, an understanding of personal responsibility that if it's going to be, it's up to me. Uh, we've got to make and, and create the life that we want to live. And uh, we can't look for government handouts. We can't look for somebody else to do it. And it's nobody else's fault. You know, we uh, uh, regardless of our skin color, we all have an opportunity uh, because we live in the greatest country in the world to make the most of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I wish more people would talk about that. You know, I, I was so excited when President Obama was elected 
because I thought he was going to talk a little bit more about the importance of family structure. By all appearances, he's a great dad, he's a great husband, um, and they clearly valued education. Uh, but for some reason, he was championing the victim mentality, and I just did not understand that. So in 2008, I did vote for President Obama, like many people, um, hoping to see, uh, you know, a black president talking about overcoming. Um, and then just, you know, a year later, he's talking about how hard it is to be black in America. And I was like, you know, this doesn't even jive with what you got going on in life. Um, so I, I actually switched to the Republican Party in 2009. Wow. Well, you woke up a lot sooner than a lot of individuals did. You know, me personally, uh, my mom always told me, she said, make sure you do your research. I, I heard you say that. I love that. I wish everybody would take that for themselves and do their own research and stop listening to what is regurgitated on the mainstream media news channels or that's coming out of Hollywood. Uh, my mom said, do your own research on politicians. Don't listen to what they say on stage, but look at how they voted on the issues that matter to you. Mm-hmm. And one of my main issues, one of my absolute main issues is on pro-life. Uh, I shared it in my book. My wife actually found out when her mom was on, on hospice, she was dying of cancer, that uh, her mom uh, left the abortion clinic at the last minute and decided to choose life and have uh, her daughter, which became my wife. And we've got two beautiful daughters now. Wouldn't have any of that if her mom hadn't chose life. So when I began to research for myself on Barack Obama and his stance on life, and I saw that he had voted for partial birth abortion, he had voted against bills that would have provided medical treatment to babies that survived abortions. I said, I don't care what color he is. I'm not going to vote for him. But uh, And I tried to rally that. I tried to champion that. I did champion that. I tried to wake people up with it. But the 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 overwhelming, I think, ma- majority of individuals just saw, hey, this is a chance to ele- elect a black man as president and hopefully do away with the fa- with our racist history. Obviously, we do have you know racism in our past. I don't think any country uh, is, is uh, a void of that. But we did a lot to right those wrongs a lot faster than a lot of other countries did. So how does it make you feel now to see how the racial tensions have uh, exploded in this country? And when do you think that started? Yeah, so I, I kind of tried to look back at that. You know, I was examining Black Lives Matter and, and basically their group and when they formed, because I thought that's when it really got uh, divisive. You know, it, it's polarizing in the media. But I remember uh, the death of Trayvon Martin back in 2012. Um, you know, there just seemed to be a lot of people out protesting. I understood there was a lot of tension. Um, but that's when Black Lives Matter formed. And that was when it was, again, around election season. Uh, we saw again in 2016, uh, Black Lives Matter interrupted uh, Senator Bernie Sanders and candidate Hillary Clinton on stage as they were going through their election. Um, and here we go again, you know, right before November. And it seems we're doing the same thing. We've got the riots and the looting across the country. Uh, and we're talking about race relations. So to me, it seems to be an agenda. You know, it always happens around election season. Uh, I'm not one for conspiracy theories. I hear uh, President Trump's administration is going to look into it. Uh, this time around. So I'm excited to see what those findings are. Uh, But like many people will say, you know, a lot of the bad actors that go into these cities and commit a lot of these uh, crimes, especially the the looting and burning down uh, businesses, those are bad actors from other areas. Uh, So they're being bussed into these places. And to me, that is suspicious in itself. Yeah, it absolutely is. I've talked to actual local law enforcement in different cities, even here in Dallas. I'm I'm right outside of Dallas. And he said that out of uh, the 100 plus arrests that they made, I believe it was over 80 percent of the arrest of those arrested. They didn't even live in the area. So it does beg the question, how are they getting around? How are they traveling all over the country? Why don't they have to work? Why don't they have to worry about an income? 
You know, I actually saw a clip where uh, Newt Gingrich was talking about the fact that he believes George Soros is behind a lot of this. And it was interesting that the other individuals on Fox, the other commentators, they said, leave George Soros' name out of it. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is Fox. Aren't they supposed to be able to say exactly whatever they want to say and point the finger where it should be pointed? I absolutely don't believe in a lot of conspiracy theories, the far-fetched ones. But unfortunately, most of the conspiracies are just, you know, even just the name conspiracy theory. I think it was the CIA that created that term just to try to make people that were questioning uh, the message that was put out, make them look crazy. All a conspiracy is is people conspiring to do something that's evil or has a negative outcome. And we're seeing a lot of this play out. Uh, who who do you think is behind it or 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 how do you think we'll end it? Yeah, so I, I saw that clip you're referring to with Newt Gingrich uh, on Harris Faulkner's. I think he was on outnumbered. Um and he was definitely outnumbered on that on that panel. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand it. Um, you know, I you know, I've been on Fox plenty of times. I know you have like no one has ever told me not to mention something. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and I also saw where it was seemed that like Harris was checking in their earpiece as someone was talking to her uh, as she sat at her desk. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but I do think, you know, if I had to guess, I would say George Soros is behind it. I mean, you can look at anyone's FEC report that's running for office and you can see uh, where money is coming from. And as Newt Gingrich yeah. pointed out, you know, an, an overwhelming number of Democrat candidates have money and funding from Soros. You know, that is public knowledge. So I didn't understand why they were cutting him off on that. Um, but it definitely seems like, uh, you know, something's happening behind the scenes. And, and, and Fox didn't want to talk about it. Um, hopefully yourself, uh, you will do it so we can start talking about what's going on in the truth. Yeah, I absolutely will uh, until they completely silence me. You know, big tech, the censorship that's happening. Uh, Tucker's been dealing with that. I've dealt with that for years. Uh, but as long as I've got lungs in my breath, and, and breath in my lungs, I'm going to continue to talk about the issues that matter most. Let's show a clip. For anybody that has not seen this clip of yours, let's just show a, a section of this video that you did. And there's something that I found out when I met you in Lynchburg, uh, Virginia, last week that I thought was amazing of, of why I believe God is with you in this fight and how his fingerprints are on so much of what's going on. There's just absolute... Uh, a tremendous amount of favor on you and on this fight. But let's watch a little bit of this uh, video. Do you care about black lives? The people that run Baltimore don't. I can prove it. Walk with me. They don't want you to see this. I'm Kim Klasik. This is Baltimore, the real Baltimore. This is the reality for black people every single day. Crumbling infrastructure, abandoned homes, poverty, and crime. Baltimore has been run by the Democrat Party for 53 years. What is the result of their decades of leadership? Baltimore is one of the top five most dangerous cities in America. The murder rate in Baltimore is 10 times the U.S. average. The Baltimore poverty rate is over 20%. Homicide, drug, and alcohol deaths are skyrocketing in our city. Do you believe Black Lives Matter? I do. The vast majority of crime in Baltimore is perpetrated against Black people, who make up 60% of the population. So why don't we care about our communities? The Democrat Party have betrayed the Black people of Baltimore. If the politicians walk the streets like I do, they would see exactly how their policies and corruption affects us. 
So amazing. That video, the entire video, obviously you can get that at, at uh, on Kim Klasik's uh, Twitter page. Uh, I'm sure you're on Facebook as well. I'm sure you're on all social medias. If you haven't seen the whole video, see it. But just listening to those statistics, anybody that listens to those t- statistics and understands that Democrats have been in control in uh, Baltimore for 53 years, it has to make you wonder what the heck is going on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have so many problems, but I think that the biggest thing that people saw in that video was just the crumbling uh, infrastructure. Like we have 17,000 vacant homes in the West Baltimore area, um, you know, and, and they've just been dilapidated for years. I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, I saw that video and this is Trump's America. And I'm like, if you look at those homes, you can see actual trees growing through them. Uh, they've been sitting like this for 30 years. You know, no one has done anything about it. Wow. Um, so we have a, a poor education system on top of it. We've got a ton of crime and violence. Um, so, you know, Baltimore has been on a downward spiral. And like you mentioned, for over 50 years, Democrats have been in control. You know, when you got that one party mob rule, you'll get a lot of corruption. And, you know, when we go out and we talk to people about, you know, voting differently this time around, uh, we mention those things. You know, you really do have nothing to lose at this point uh, by voting for me for even if it's just two years to see what might change. Well, I think you're exactly the change that so many Americans want to see. And it's interesting that you point out that so many people just want to automatically blame Trump. I really think that that's the reason why so many Democrat mayors and governors around this around the United States have just allowed BLM and Antifa to just run run their riotous reign, destroying properties, destroying buildings, destroying homes, setting fire to buildings and homes, even with people inside. It's like these they they just want to say, well, this is Trump's America, uh, and it's his fault. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think it's the same thing. I, you know, it's interesting. I remember uh, President Obama's America and we were always running from ISIS and other uh, terrorist attacks. You know, we haven't had that yes. in a while. So I, I remember President Obama's America vividly. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think they are trying to put this on President Trump. Um, but I do think the American people aren't as stupid as Democrats think we are. Um, and there's a lot of people waking up to this and understanding that this is, um, you know, a conspired effort to basically take Trump out of office for him not to be reelected. Uh, we saw when the COVID pandemic was making its way here, uh, they were so focused on impeachment, uh, they didn't tell us that anything was going on. So, you know, this has always been yeah. about getting him out of office. Um, and I think we'll all continue to vote for President Trump uh, in November because we're very smart people. I think we are as well, but I champion this on my show and my podcast, every single show. I say we not only need President Donald Trump and his leadership uh, in the executive office for the next four years, but we need to take this. We need to take the House. We need to keep the Senate. And the way we're going to do that is by getting individuals like you in these positions so that you can represent us, the American people, the way that I think that the, I think we all know that we should be represented. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I'm, I'm for common sense policies. Um, I think sometimes we have too much government in our lives and we should be rolling some of it back. And I think we should focus on, you know, really championing, uh, you know, capitalism. A lot of times we're hearing about socialism and I find it interesting because the people that talk about it the most make the most money with capitalism. You know, so we need to focus yeah. on making sure people understand, uh, like you talk a lot about God in your life. Um, I think we should bring back, uh, back God into schools. My, my daughter goes to private school. Um, she does well. You know, the students in her class do very well. Um, and, you know, we got to get back to uh, the American values that once were. And I think that would help us a lot in this country. I, I know that that would help us a lot in this country, understanding what's made this country so great, 
the fact that we were founded, are founded on Judeo-Christian values. And it's those values that have made us the most uh, prosperous country in the world, the most benevolent country in the world. We help more countries uh, than any other country in the world. Uh, it's those pro-capitalist and pro-God policies, belief systems, I believe, that that make us who we are. Uh, I'm going to ask you about your opponent, and I've got a clip to show uh, from you that uh, talks a little bit about your opponent. But first, I got to do a little break for my sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by MyPillow. We're talking about capitalism. We're talking about somebody that loves God. My good friend, Mike Lindell, absolutely loves this country. He's an amazing uh, businessman. He's somebody that supports the president, and I love his products. I've got his sheets. I've got his mattress topper. I've got his pillows. I love all of them. Use the code David at MyPillow.com to sleep better than you've ever slept, to get a great night's rest, to sleep, sleep well. Not only will you be supporting an amazing friend and patriot, but you'll also be supporting this show. Use the code David at MyPillow.com and save up to 60% off your entire order. All right, Kim. So you have uh, an opponent that is M. Fumi, that is an incumbent. He won a special election. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show this clip, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what his policies are compared to yours. One of my sons went to school in Baltimore. I used to drive through that uh, city a lot, and I, I just couldn't believe how run down it is in places. You really think you can turn that around? I really do. I really do. I think it's there's. I know some people say it's complicated, but if you just take the necessary steps, I mean, you have to look at it. Yes, I'm going against Kwaisi and Fume, but he was in there from 1987 to 1996. And when he was there, he signed on to that 1994 crime bill, um, separating a lot of black men from their families. And so first and foremost, we're talking about family structure. Second is about school and education. Third, career opportunities. Once we get those three top things done, you will see Baltimore turn around, I would say, probably in the next two or three years. Boom. You are always so crisp, clean and concise in your interviews. Uh, I love it. So your your opponent, um, he's been in office before. He's not doing anything about the issues that you're stating right now. What what will you bring that your opponent won't bring to uh, to uh, Baltimore? Yeah. So first and foremost, career opportunities. Um, I think this is why President Trump was really tweeting about our race. Um, you know, he knows that I want to bring that billion dollar medical equipment industry right back through Baltimore City's port. You know, we used to be the manufacturing powerhouse here. Uh, we allowed a lot of those jobs go overseas. Uh, I talked about it in that clip. And, uh, you know, my opponent, he was in office from 1987 to 1996. He actually signed on to that 1994 crime bill along with Joe Biden. So he broken up many homes uh, for black Americans, especially in the Baltimore City area. Um, so, of course, career opportunities. Uh, doing something about the education system and for school choice. Uh, we have 13 high schools where students graduate unable to do basic math. That is a problem. You know, career opportunities in education, those things can change the city around. Uh, for the last five years annually, we've had over 300 murders. You know, we've been on a downward spiral since the 2015 riots. Uh, President Obama and the late Congressman Cummings, uh, they secured billions of dollars for the Baltimore City area to take care of some of the problems that we have yet it's 2020 and we have not seen that money yet. Um, so I also wanna expose the books wow. and see who's been getting that money. And then I'm gonna do my due diligence to make sure that money actually hits the ground and is implemented. You know, there's a lot of taxpayer money uh, just gone missing, you know, and, and people across this country, I think that's what they liked about the campaign ad. I think they saw it and looked at it and said, wow, 
I thought we were helping in these areas. I thought that's what my tax dollars were paying for. Um, but to see those videos and to know that that wasn't happening and that that's actually America in 2020, I think people were shocked around the country. Um, but I'm going to make sure I fix it. Well, I believe that you can fix it. I, I believe in your heart and your spirit. And, and once again, I believe that God is with you. I wanted to bring up because I found out in Lynchburg that in that video, your viral promotional campaign video, that you weren't actually you were not actually supposed to be wearing those red high heels and that red dress. What were you supposed to be wearing and how did that happen? Yeah, so my campaign ad was directed by Benny Johnson. Uh, he's with Turning Point and Arsenal. It's another arm of his uh, company that he does uh, directions for videos. Um, well, anyways, he called me and said, hey, you know what? I got a great idea. Why don't you wear sweatpants and sneakers? And, you know, we'll be on the street, on the ground. You'll be going by these abandoned homes. And he said, you know, just walking down the street. And I'm like, Benny, I don't own sweatpants. I don't, I don't know who you think I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have sweatpants. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to dress like I usually do. And he said, all right, come how you usually are. And um, red dress, red heels, I wear it often. Uh, it was actually sad that I ruined those red heels that day. <laughs> but, you know, I just came as, as I usually walk around. And, you know, the video was done in four hours. So, you know, it wasn't too grueling. It, it was hot outside, but it wasn't too bad. Um, but when he got that video back to editing, he said the thing that really stuck out was the fact that here I am in this red dress and these heels, you know, walking past just, you know, what looked like a, where a bomb went off. And he said, and he said, I yeah. thought this was it. This is what we need to focus on. You know, look at the difference. It's a stark contrast between Kim and the infrastructure. And, and I said, yeah, I think it turned out great. No, I, I absolutely love Benny. Love, uh, love. I've worked with him before. Uh, I'm glad that uh, you wore what you normally do. You're a businesswoman that understands how to get the job done. And yes, the contrast between the class that you were uh, walking around the, the absolute rubble that the Democrats have left in the in the wake there is is truly what uh, I think people saw was like we need class and we need people that are going to get the job done uh, in in office. So one last question: How important is faith to you? Very important. I mean, you know, and, and I can tell you, just last year I lost my father, and he was my number one fan. Um, and so ever since he passed, I, I mean, this has just been on a whirlwind. Like you said, you know, things happen, you know, it's destiny, it's God, it's my journey. And, you know, I think my dad is right beside me. And so, you know, even though I miss him a lot, um, I know I'm doing exactly what he would want me to do. Well, that's so that's so good to hear. I know it's hard losing a parent. I lost my mom uh, some some time ago, but I know uh, just like you, I can feel her. I know she's cheering me on, and uh, I know that she also believes I'm doing exactly what uh, our Papa God has asked us to do. Well, Kim, I just pray that God will just continue to open up doors for you, favor for you, uh, praying for you to win your election. We need individuals like you, strong, powerful women like you in the political positions of office representing us. And I hope Americans and especially those in your district see the same thing. Any final thoughts, final words you'd like to share today? Um, I just wish uh, more people would go and check me out, KimKForCongress.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can. Kim K. Baltimore is the handle. And, you know, I, I don't want us to continue to be the silent majority. I want people to speak up. And I want our, con our country to continue to be great. Well, I think, that, um, I think that there are a lot of people waking up. I hope every one of my viewers or listeners, if you're listening via the podcast, go follow Kim Klasik. Go check out her website. And one more time, say your website one more time. Sure, KimKForCongress.com. 
KimKforCongress.com. Love it. Well, Kim, thank you so, so much for spending a little bit of your day with me. I know you're slammed busy out there on the campaign trail, but we're pulling for you. We're believing for you. We're praying for you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. God bless you. Friends, that is exactly what we need. We need more individuals like Kim out there representing us, sharing our heart, our values, and pushing to promote our heart and our values and our constitutional rights in this country in positions of leadership. So make sure you follow Kim on her path, follow her on Twitter, and check out her website, KimKForCongress.com. This is David Harris Jr. Make sure you go to my pillow, go check out what he's got, get something to support my Mike Blendell, my friend, and support my show. Use the code David when you do. God bless you. We'll see you all again soon. Bye-bye. My name is David J. Harris Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris Jr. Show.